The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and the great escape is on. Our first Saturday 3pm win, first comeback win of the season. It's been some season, and it ain't over yet. And as Dave Hill said on Twitter yesterday, Dracula had the stake plunged through his black heart yesterday by the sexiest boss in the SBFL. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Motherwell Review, the good, bad, and the ugly, Livingston Preview, the Lone Report, the Women's Team, the Academy, Who Am I, and On This Day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up on episode 190 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Christian Calvinus, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the driving Miss Daisy, Paul McNichol, and cashing in his Hobbycraft loyalty points, Ronnie Costello. Easter holidays, Paul. You get Tremendous. the joy, joy of spending time with the family. What have you been up to this week? I've been here, there and everywhere, Rondo. Just uh, out and about. Uh, Glasgow one day, Livingston the next day, St Andrews. Ah, just taking it all in, enjoying my time away from work. You've had a new car to drive as well. It's been beautiful. <laughs> it's better than it's better than Mike I tell you. Do you know that officially makes you the chauffeur? Uh, I'm cool with that. If somebody buys I'm a car and can't be arsed driving it, that makes you the chauffeur. I, I'm, I, I'm more than happy. I'm even happy you've kept the gloves on. The hat is the hat's in the dry cleaners, but the gloves <laughs> are certainly on. What were you up to yourself, Rondo? Hobbycraft, a lot of the points. I've been working. I get these holidays off. You don't get any oh, of that. Right, and if you, you, you get holidays abroad. That oh, are work, wow. work related, apparently. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work trips is what they are. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the, the phrase that I couldn't have found. Um, before we get into things, I've got a wee Twitter quiz for you. I'm going to read you a tweet and you're going to tell us why I sent it. You might kind of answer this. <laughs> I'll be honest, I can't believe that Jim Goodwin is even, allegedly, in the conversation to take over at Tanadice. He presided over a team that got royally pumped for Hertz, Hibs, Darvall and us this season. Question number one, who sent it? Question number two, how long ago was it sent? And question three, what's your apology? Well, it was... (laughs) It was it was Finn It was Finn on Twitter. Okay, I will I'll hold my hands up to that. Uh, I'm going to stop short. I admit it was me that typed out. <laughs> no, that was clearly sent uh, when it was all when it was all coming out. It was oh, we're going to get Levine. No, you know you're going to get Jim Goodwin, and uh, and no many boys were overly happy that were. Let's be honest. Ricky was our boy. Ricky, he was delighted with it, uh, but in general. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the most popular of choices at that time, if people will cast their minds back and remember. So I stand by it at that point. However, the proof is in the pudding, Rondo. Mm. He's came in, things have improved, and it's not just because we're 10th in the league as we are, we are sitting here speaking today, but just performances, you know. He's getting me out this, this group of players that I have heavily criticised uh, this season for no getting enough out of them, essentially. So I, I'm I'm delighted that he's now the gaffer. 
uh, and it was about what we're talking six weeks ago. I tweeted out. So yeah, a lot can a lot of opinions can change in six weeks quite clearly. But then it's this is not the first time I have made a howling Noel Hunt of it. I'm pretty sure I buried Mulgrew before we signed him as well. Yeah, that's um, what I do, Rondo. That's what I do. Two wins, two draws, and two defeats, and his um, mm. six games. The defeats, of course, came in his very first game, which was flattering. Given uh, we spoke about that at length, about um, there were certain individuals just no quite on their game that day, and we were punished. Which you know, good teams do punish you. And of course, Ibrox um, a couple of weeks Damn, ago. Damn, doesn't it? Uh, two draws, obviously. Uh, the Livingston away, which w- wasn't a great watch. We went behind, but we pulled one back. The St. Mern, we have discussed at length. Your uh, column was ripped apart at length on the back of that as well. But again, a game we should have got something for. And then a bit of just rewards, of course, last week against Hibs. And then yesterday, when the full time whistle went, it kind of summed up what a seven days it had been. You know, given that, and we will, of course, go through the game, but to be sitting for at one minute to 12 last Sunday to yep. now, I've added six points. Yeah, and claimed two places. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. And and we touched on, like, we, we were obviously joking about it last week as well. Uh, we A lot of boys were fairly, fairly downbeat about our chances after other teams' results last week. Us included. Uh, Oh, of course, of course. But it was, again, like, it's because of what we've watched all season for the vast, what, what have we played now? 32 games? For the vast majority of these games, it's been, like, stinking. It can't be dressed up any other way. But since Jim Goodwin's came in, there has definitely been an improvement. Definitely across the board. Across the board. Every every player has improved, I would say. Yeah, and then 32 games played. You are correct. 32 games played. Kilmanic are obviously at half time. They're 4 1 down at the minute. Uh, which, you know, it's not good. Let's, let's be honest, right? It's not going to be 4 all. And if it is, I mean, then we've done it right in, okay? But it'd be, so, <laughs> it'd be one of the greatest comebacks going if that was the case. But anyway, they're 4 1 down. It really affects their goal difference because right now, as it stands, they're minus 31. Ross County are obviously a point behind now, which mad to say given what we were saying last week and their goal difference is still better they're minus 19 but again it just you know St Johnston now as well like they're, they're I, I can't believe I'm saying this they're only four points ahead and they are in a terrible run of form I mean the yeah, manager's burying his own players yesterday yeah yeah and when you get to this this uh, the business end of the season this is where like if you go into a bad run of form Bad things can happen to you. Look at Hibs. When Hibs went down all the years ago, Hibs were, they, they brought in Terry Butcher. Terry Butcher come out and absolutely buried these players. He was like, I'll not be keeping many of these boys next season. And they, they, it's almost like they thought, is that right? Cool. Uh, and they, they went on a horrendous run of form. Mm. I don't know if they lost every game of the last six or seven, but they went on a terrible, terrible run of form. When the vast majority of Scottish football looked at their position and thought, well, they're, they're, they're safe. They're not going to go down. And they went down. Yeah. They went down the thing. They're not going to go down with Hertz that season or something. They went down the playoffs anyway. So St. Johnston have timed it quite badly uh, to hit this piss poor run of form that they're in. I'll also tell and you I right now. I couldn't be happier. I'll, I'll also tell you right now, they've just sacked their manager. Have they? Yes. Jeez. As in right now. It's literally just yeah. happened. So at five past one, whatever it is right now. So. Wow. 
eh, it's one of them. You know to say what what the difference is going to be, but again, it's another rookie manager that's coming. And Steve McLean's going to look after at the end of the season, and when when you're now getting sucked into that battle at the bottom, because let's be honest, apart from the day, Kilmarnock, no easy place to go. If you need to go there, Ross County, no easy place to go for a St Johnston team that are on the decline and we seem to be yeah. getting a bit and up I mean somebody said to us mm-hmm. yesterday would you take 11th now no I wouldn't no. I would take 10th now <laughs> but I think that that sort of comment the other week was basically because of where we found ourselves and it was like I would I'd have chopped your hand off then for 11th I would have yeah. you know but yeah, of course what you know um seven points and nine or whatever does to you or whatever you know it gives you that wee, mm-hmm. that wee boost and it's something else, you know. It's an, it, it's amazing to be sitting here now. I mean, because you've heard us buried, and then all right, and then buried, and then all right. Of course, uh, but no wonder, Rondo. Look at the way the season's played out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think I was being overly extreme in my opinion. I just, it was just what we were seeing. You know, you, I always, when it comes to United, I don't. I'm no like glass half empty. I always try to see the good and and the best side of things. But it was very, very difficult to take. Any positives for the majority of what we've seen this season, it, it really was. So that's how my emotions have been on a roller coaster. We thinking we'll be all right, thinking that we're doomed, thinking we'll be all right, thinking we're doomed. <clears throat> and now, as I sit here speaking to you today, it's in our own hands. We would, have, we absolutely would have loved to have been in this position just a couple of weeks ago, and now here we are. So I'm a wee bit more optimistic, but there's still six games left, and there's it's going to be. It's going to be six big games, but one thing I'll say is that the, the team will get the backing for the punters. Like, punters will show up at these games. Uh, the players have been showing up recently. So, rather than looking at these fixtures coming up with a bit of fear and twitchy bumholes, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Just bring it on. Clip that now, Paul McNichol. Can't wait for a twitchy bumhole. Uh, so yesterday, one change. I mean, he's going in for Kai Fotheringham. Here's your new contract, Kai. Here's it on the bench. Um, but it makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say it's. It's. I wasn't surprised by the change. No, no, no. Neither was I. Uh, but uh, the terrible joke you just made there. There's your two-year deal sit on your ass. That's exactly. I said the exact same thing when the team came out. But then, I, like, you you take stock and you're like, right, okay. He's obviously Motherwell or the forum side. We're going to hit a day a wee bit more defending than, than we, maybe, we maybe hope. So, yeah, like Niskaran probably works a wee bit harder than Kai at present, certainly defensively. Uh, so, so to me, it made sense. I can I can he's know everybody's cup of tea, but to me, it made sense yesterday. Yeah, I, I absolutely, absolutely. Given the work that's, that, that, that was there. Um you're obviously you mentioned they're playing a form team. I think going into it, were they like unbeaten in six or something like that? Yeah, I think. Well, they played apart from Rangers, like the, the Rangers. Take that out. They hadn't have been beaten one defeat Kettle. in seven. Yeah, because they lost in the Scottish Cup. The manager got punted, and then Kelwell Dracula came in, and ah, they've well, he's he's basically saved them, has he? He's kept them up. Yeah, like they, they were where we were. And he's and he's basically he's came in. He's had a very very positive influence, and uh, it's it's worked wonders for them until yesterday. Yeah, because they'd beat St. Man, they'd beat Hearts, Drew Achille, beat Ross County, got beat for Rangers, like you said, and then beat Hibs and Livingston. So they were yeah. very much the form team going into it. They mm-hmm. face um, they face Celtic uh, next week, but I think they're. I don't. I don't think they can qualify for the top six now. They're bottom six. 
uh, the, the, sure. but they're they're probably in that area of the league where like there's no really much to play for other than your like the clubs will look at it and say no but you get ex- extra money for like finishing a place above or whatever and I get that but I don't care how much players are actually give monkeys about stuff like that but they're kind of in no man's land aren't they they're safe and they're they're not going to go top six yeah no they can't go top six they can't Livingston can Livingston and mm-hmm. will fight out for that last place but um, yeah that was the one change going into it um, and we started the game pretty well I thought so yeah uh, like first half I th- I felt fairly comfortable most of the first half. Obviously, when we go in at half time, you're you're one nothing down. But I felt like we had, I thought we were controlling the ball, and as such, kind of controlling the, the flow of the game as well. Uh, again, we lose a shitey goal. Like I, I've seen it back, and I think there's probably a few mistakes. Like the midfield that are in the middle of Newar, Mulgrews half came for to try and get his head on it and got Newar near the man that's flicked it on and then that's left a gap behind him and blah, 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 they've scored the goal. <clears throat> and then there was a massive VAR check It seemed to go on for about 25 minutes. I think it must have lasted about two or three minutes. And in the ground, like, I don't know, I don't know if anybody can't what they were checking. You just, you'd, it was in of them. United fans were booing it. Like, there was some United fans shouting, come on, get on with it again, just, just give the goal. I'm like, what? No, 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 look for anything. If there's any sort of foul or issue with this goal, let's get this chalked right off. But uh, but they gave it. Now, I didn't kind of, have you saw the goal back yeah. on sports? He's off. He's right. interfering with play. <sighs> I, I, I don't understand what, what referees are, are seeing and, <laughs> oh, and looking that, at. Because that, that might come up a couple of times in this game. <laughs> It's, I mean, at the time I didn't know, I genuinely at the time I thought, oh, fucking great safety, but I get it. And then it's fortunately fell to the boy and he's tucked it away. I didn't really, it happens that quick in, 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 in the moment and you didn't really see the boy blocking mm. sheep off. But when you see it back on the replay and he's offside and then he's blocking sheep off, I don't, for the life of me, and I'm not just saying this to bury referees, how can that no be interfering with play? What? Has that law changed that, oh, you're allowed to stand in front of somebody and you're no interfering? Of course he's interfering with play. You could show that to somebody that doesn't care anything about sport and say, look, there's that boy there interfering with him trying to get that rune thing on the deck. And most people would say, yeah, of course he is, because he's blocking him. But he, but, they, but they gave the goal. So, But at the time, nobody really had any idea what was what it was about. So it wasn't until I've watched it back last night on Sports Scene and you you're just shaking your head and thinking to yourself thank Christ that hasn't cost us mm-hmm. which wouldn't be the but, first time we've said that no I know I know but but yeah I, I wasn't a, like, I, I felt we'd done alright to a point where we needed to be a wee bit braver on the ball I felt going forward in the first half certainly there was one one instance that sticks in my mind where Niskanen's got the bat and obviously it's at the other end for the United fans but the, it just seemed to open up for him and they were just screaming shoot hit it Say something, and he done nothing. He makes and the right decision. Butcher. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was Butcher, and they didn't show that on the highlights. So I don't actually can how glaring an he, opportunity he, he, that he's was. Going through, and he's got an he's actually got an option or a pass. I think it might be Tian Harks actually, but instead of taking on his left, which he's done with missed shots, he's ten for United that we've mentioned recently. He goes to go on his right. I don't know if it's because <laughs> he thinks well Butcher will ken him, bloody blah, and he and I just thought oh I mean and like it was any of these. I think most people at half time would have said 
you're a frustrating first half. Yes. Like, and I think that was general. I, I given overall our play, like we started well, with a lot of the ball, we got some chances, you know, Stephen Fletcher had a header cleared off the line. Um, I think Sybil had an effort. You know, so there was a couple of things, but obviously they were still getting chances as well. Like that, the chance that, for the goal, you mentioned Mulgrew as well. Like, I'm not sure where Scott McMahon is at the time. Like, but no, again, yeah, it's this big <laughs> long bar that comes with an ape, and we are so high. And I know that yeah. for hearing Jim Goodwin on the sideline, he is always asking to get high and get high, but you just thought, I think we, we looked okay, but the one time we didn't look okay, and they broke away. And, and yeah, they, like they say, exploited it. It's the last boy you wanted to fight, given the season he's yeah, in. He, he's in for, he's a good player. Like, he's got shite hair and a crappy beard, but he's a good player. But, uh, but I do agree. I thought I thought it was a good first save, and then everything that, that went with it. And they had a couple of them. I mean, they had the, you know, Goss had the free kick, and old draft excluder was doing there, and we didn't even need it. Um, and again, I thought that was light. That's the Sybilt foul. I think it's very soft. Yeah, really yeah. Touches but that, that was, was it Goss that got fouled, didn't it? Probably. Kind of he's a green face, and ah. He's the boy that got what sent off, yeah. Yes. So it was it was remarkable to see him back fully fit after that horrendous challenge for Tony Watt on his sock uh, just the other month there. So I was I was actually I felt good for him, like um, my heart was happy for him. But uh, yeah, like first half, I, I can that we were losing and I can that we didn't play great, but it felt a wee bit different because it wasn't nobody was hiding and nobody was sharing off the the, the task at hand. People, Abdi was knocking their pan in, which is something that I would like to think is par for the course. That you don't hit, you don't hit. Ask that of players, but this season we are can like that. It's not been the kiss for the majority of the time, uh, but it has been the kiss the majority of the time since Jim Goodwin came in. So half time, disappointed that you're one nothing doing, but you're. But I was personally thinking there's something there for us. We can definitely get something in this game. Yeah, and that was. I'm assuming that was the mood kind of around. Yeah, as well, because I, like I say, we weren't a battered, we weren't out the game, we were very in it. No, well, it was quite funny because I went I went and spoke to Martin at halftime with a buddy, and uh, he wasn't as optimistic as me, and he, he was for He was eight cans deep co- by then, though. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, he I don't know, he wasn't as happy as me. I know that I was happy trailing, by the way, but like I, I, I thought there was something in it, and then and then Eunice came bouncing down the stairs, and he was like, do you something, lads. We've controlled this game. I was like, right, I'm speaking to you now. <laughs> That's it. Because we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> but it's, but it's. I think maybe it's because when you you play so so, and then you you're a goal doing cannon. We've we've seen it before so many times this season. Negativity just creeps in, and it's very easy to be downbeat about it. But I genuinely, that it's something's changed since Goodwin came in. Like the for a start, and it was. It was, uh, and then I kind of you listen to BBC Scotland, but I listened to it on the way home. And Dave Muir, there was a couple of United fans on it. Oh. Uh, they phoned in, and they were saying, "Look, the I'm team's no signing Saturday, Dave." By the way, I'll get to what I thought. What they, they were, they were saying, the team's fitter since Goodwin's came in, and I would say that that is an absolute fact. And then the pundits like Michael Stewart and Tom English, they were saying, "Ah, but this is this is something. It's lazy to say this. Like every manager says that." And Dave was like, no, like <laughs> I go to the games, I'm telling you. The players that were they were boofed by 60, 65 minutes this week, and but also had a manager that didn't like Mark and Subbies around about that time. So it's there's just been a massive change. There's been a massive change. Whatever they're doing at St. Andrews, 
uh, it's working just now. Uh, will it work forever? Who knows? But it doesn't have to work forever. It just has to work for right now. Uh, and it is. And it is. So uh, the, the players are they're so much fitter. Or they appear to be so much fitter just now. That uh, extended sports sound or whatever they call it, it's great to get fans in that on. But like an hour after a game, you'd only heard for the Rangers manager. That was it. Yeah. Nothing else. It's like, what is this? Shite, man. Like, yeah, I, I think, well, like as somebody that drives him for a lot of away games, I would like to hear other managers' reactions. And then, if you're going to stick on fans, then I, like, get, get some fans on, definitely. Because yeah. it's interesting to hear all all sides of it. But let me tell you, when I'm back in the car, I want to hear, as soon as I'm in the car, I want Jim Goodwin to be coming out the speakers when I'm driving up. But as soon as the keys turned in the ignition, I want to hear what Jim's got to say about a famous victory. Yeah. And we had to wait about an hour and a half to hear him. Yeah, you're you're not of him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, half, half time. It's sort of same. Watching on, you're just thinking, where are we here? Like I know I've said yeah. that a lot this season, but we're not at the game. We've created chances. Yes, they've had some chances as well. Has the goal have been that worked? Not really. It's made a good save. They've scored for the rebound, which is again when you see a back, it's like mm, I'm not so sure I should be given. But anyway. Second half had come out, didn't expect much. I think a lot of people expected a change. Um, uh, yes. Was on, on the Twitter and stuff. Uh, and then obviously, the, I don't think the second half was that old when Charlie Mulgrew was stretching himself out to block Blair Spittle's shot to go and you just thought, let's no be conceding here. Like, this is worst yeah. possible time. I can't yeah. seen it out, although they got a bit of a scare when Van Veen scored. Um but even oh, well, at the you, time, <laughs> I thought he was off at the time. But then at, at, the, at the time, it looked up. Obviously, again, we are doing the other end of the pitch. It looked a mile off. Uh, <clears> so was, nobody, he certainly was not a mile. Nobody was. Oh no, it was a bar here. But at the time, it looked a mile off. So I, I was like, they're just they're just letting this run, and then the flag will go up, and that's exactly what happened. But then they were checking it for a wee bit too long. I thought, and I was like, oh, maybe we're wrong. Mm. Maybe we are wildly wrong here, yes. but. But no, it was a good finish for the boy, but it was offside, so we got out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And then, again, we got some chances. Uh, Ian Hart's had a chance. Um, Liam Kelly made a good save there. Um, Aina had the 50p head. Yes, yep. He, <laughs> he could had the 50p miss head. head that and he'd probably score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's got to do better. It's essentially a free header. Like He's, he's up above his man. Ah, he's got a day. He's got a good connection on. I hit the target, and like who does it's it's in the net. But it didn't happen. Uh, and then we we very nearly we we had Mark Barragetti to thank massively for keeping us in the game because it's all very well saying we're fitter and we're knocking more pans and then there's a real desire. Like if you go two down, that's that's a real that is a game changer. Going one down uh, in the past for for this United side, it has been a bit of a a game over situation. But uh, but if I went two doing at that point, that would have been that that might have been curtains for way yesterday, and it was a great save. It was an absolute balls up for us. I think it was sheep to Aina, and then again what he done, he slipped. Then I kind of he miscontrolled it, slipped, fell on his ears, and then it was like the slowest foot race in the world between Van Veen and Mulgrew. Van Veen slightly faster, and uh, yeah, as I say, Barragetti, what a save, and what a massive massive moment in the match. It was. Yeah, it's great save. Like you say, mm-hmm. it, it, it's one. Of, it's these things that, you know, when 
players are out of form or, or they're not playing well, they deserve criticism. The same time they'll get praise when they're playing well. And he deserves yes. because he was he done really well. He you did. Know? He was good yesterday, yeah. And I think there'll always be there's always going to be that nervousness, maybe for himself, certainly for fans and stuff like that. But just when he, he started doing things like just plucking a cross out that's you know, and getting plucking a cross out of the air, speeding up when he needs to, slowing it down when he needs to. That'll help him, yeah. but it helps the fans as well. You know what I mean? You can get behind and that. it'll help the defence. Yeah. If they, if they see that he's a wee bit more confident and yeah. competent. And he makes, uh, the, yeah. like you say, makes a couple of good saves. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying they're, you know, they're uh, bread and food and drink or whatever phrase you want to use. Mm -hmm. He needs to still make the save. Of course he does, because there's been food and drink and bread and butter saves that haven't been made this season, Rondo. So, just... just However, however you did, just keep the ball in it. Mm -hmm. However you did, yes. And then it was time to turn it on, and uh, a great ball in. To Ian Harks, Buffy Sheep man. and the Harks, great, great run for Harks, and uh, he got he got lucky with the break of the ball. However, I would nah, he got he gets lucky with the break of the ball because it's Goss. So I was quite happy that it was him that kind of ricocheted Arthur. But the thing is, if you didn't buy a ticket, you didn't win the raffle. And Harks bought a ticket, he got himself in a great position, put his body in the place for the battle land in front of him, and he's been cool, calm and composed, knocked it back to Emmy. And I think it's just came on that quick. He doesn't have a second to think about it, and it's instinctive. And he just passes it into the far corner of the net. And I don't care what happened in my voice, but it went eagerly. The phrase is, scenes. Scenes indeed. Scenes indeed. I mean, as we said at the start, like he he splits opinion on on uh, we a lot of the fans. He's one of the happiest guys in the world, and he absolutely loves scoring a goal for United. He's only scored two. I wish he he probably should have scored quite a few more. Uh, but it was just it was. Uh, it was just as you say, scenes when that goal went, and I was just ecstatic, ecstatic for the situation, ecstatic for him, uh, and it was just brilliant, random. That was that was chaos behind that goal. Yeah, the the, the thing with um, with Emmy as well, you know, he's like you say, the splits opinions and and whatever that he's the happiest man going. I think one thing for him, he, he'll leave everyone on the pitch for you, like he Every will time. give you a hundred ten percent. I mean, yep. he even lost his voice screaming in celebration, it seems. Yeah, so did I, but that's fine. <laughs> no, he, he, you can never fault his effort. You can you can fault his ability, and I and I get, like, probably want ability or effort if you're trying to build a good football team. But the situation that we're in uh, and the decision that was made to start him yesterday, I had no problem with it at all. He wasn't great in the first half, but he wasn't absolutely honking. And uh, the manager stuck with him, and we all got our just rewards for it. Yeah, and the thing is, the the goal certainly seemed to give him a wee lift as well because he looked mm -hmm. about a different player. What what I like, and you mentioned this, he, he never had the time to think about it, and he just opens his body up and he, he sort of just places it in the corner, really passes it in the corner, really. Yep. <clears throat> One thing that was evident after that was he would get the bar doing, he would just start sticking the bar in the box. Yeah. Not even thinking about it, just getting the bar in. Confidence, Rondo. Aye. It's, it's such a big, big part of, of players' like careers. You know, they, they need confidence. And when they've not got it, I mean, I'm, like we're, we're saying that it's, uh, 
it was instinctive because it just came to me. Didn't have time to think about it. Whereas the the last couple of games, the one against St Mirren and the the chance against Hibs as well, like he's not had much time to think about it. But it's a bar across the box, and as it's coming to him, he's probably thinking, right, where am I going to put this? Whereas yesterday, it was at his feet, and he just marked it and it was in. It was just he reacted to it, and as you say, he he grew into the game after that. He really did. Just this fourth right start after, of the season. Yeah, yeah, but it's. I mean, he'll he'll probably be frustrated with that, you would imagine. He's mm. a professional football player. Uh, but it's hard to argue that he should have made more starts. I mean, I, you could argue it both ways. I would say that I, I wouldn't have expected him to make many more starts. But then he might be looking and thinking, but the team has been red rotten, Ken, and you haven't tried anything different. Like you could have played me, you could have, you could have mixed it up. Uh, but no, nah, he, he, was, he was really good yesterday. And after the goal as well, uh, I thought it was an incredibly... Uh, positive move for the gaffer because he took off and then, was it right after the goal or was it just a couple of minutes I kind of I it's all merging into one in my head but we took sheep off and we put Rory McLeod on and, I, and clearly the manager thought we are going for this like, we are we want to win this game yeah because Emmy then three, went right um, back 63 scored and McLeod come on 66 yeah uh, so Emmy went to, to right back so that was an our positive change, which is something that we, and I, I don't want to keep harking on to weeks gone by, but that just would not have happened in weeks gone by. It just wouldn't have. Like we, we would have got back in that game and thought, oh, right, we'll try and, we'll try and consolidate here. We'll try and hold on to what we've got. But we're, but the part of the league that we're hanging about in, we kind of just hold on to what we've got when we're only on a point. We've got to go for the three. And it was, uh, the gaffer was brave enough to do that yesterday. Let's talk about two, in my opinion, identical yeah. carbon copies, yeah. duplicates, penalty claims. Uh, well, I agree with you that they're identical. So you either give both or you don't give any. That, that's, And if you didn't give any, I would say you were wrong. <clears throat> but how you can give one and know the other when they look almost identical, I don't know. Like, as I suppose you can... I'm of the opinion that Fletcher has looked for the contact. Like, he's got to the bar first. So it's similar to what he done against Hibs. Like, he, he, when, he, when Fletcher won that penalty against Hibs, he knew if he got to the ball first, he was going to get fouled. He wasn't getting to the ball first to get it done, take a touch, turn and cross it. He was just getting there because he knew. He's smart enough to know he's going to get fouled here. And for me... It was very similar yesterday. He's running in one-on-one with the keeper. He knows if he gets a touch and touches it past the keeper, the keeper is either going to look daft and no even attempt to get it, or he's going to get wiped out for the keeper. And in my opinion, that is exactly what happened both times. One of the pundits, and yet he's, and yet he's picked up a booking for it. One of the pundits on the first one, I can't mind who it was, said that. Um, I said, "I but he pulls his arms away." So what about the rest of these booty hitting him? What about his feet and his knees, <laughs> his like, legs? It's like it can't be. I mean, the pro again. This comes to the VAR problem as well in terms of the money and the investment and all this kind of stuff. See, down south, <clears> and I hate blowing smoke up their asses, right? But down south, there's loads of money, so there's loads of cameras. Oh, I the, think every if angle's covered. If we've got that up here, it's because again, nobody has shown a, a video of it for the other side, where I think no. you clearly see he's been touched. Like both times, so no, he, he, it was right in line with me, Rondo. I, I could assure you, he was touched both times. Now, now the, the argument would be, 
but has he went into the keeper or has the keep? Well, he got the bar first. He knocked it past the keeper. The keeper never got anywhere near the bar. Mm. And for me, he's wiped him out. So Dracula, in his post match yesterday, said that Fletcher should have either won two penalties or been sent off. Right, because they're the same. So you either yeah, get yeah. the two, or he's yeah. been twice for death. Now the, the first thing is, and I mean, Brackers are upon Brackers, right? But even yeah. the second thing, I still think he's caught. Like I still he think is, he's he caught. caught. So he is caught. How could that be? Like how could that be a book for similar? And then how could VAR look at it and go, Nah, you're all right, man. Because VAR looks at how they can, in my cynical opinion, VAR looks at how they can justify the referee's decision. That's what VAR looks at. That, how many times has it been overturned? Once. But Willie Collum at Ibrox, and that was fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. He got that wrong. He shouldn't have overturned that. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a nonsense. The, the, it's no VAR, like, and people have said it's no VAR that's the issue. It's the idiots that are operating it. And But look, look at... Like we touched on it earlier again, like Colin Stephen was the guy that was doing the VAR, and he's deemed somebody blocking a defender for getting to the bar as not interfering in play. So that's what you're up against. That is that's that's how it was in a given rondo, because that's what you're up against. You've got a guy like that that I can only assume he's never played football and he's puff. If he doesn't think that that, that boy was interfering with play. And majority of people will look at both the penalty incidents and think, okay, there might be no absolutely identical but they're awfully 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 similar and one of them's apparently and the other end's a booking for the, the boy that gets wiped out doesn't make any sense yeah, really doesn't, but again I'm just happy it hasn't cost us Jamie McGrath again cool as you like it was never in never in doubt never in doubt right although when I left his foot <laughs> when I left his foot and I seen how close it was to the keeper's foot I thought oh no but when we got a penalty, I'm quite confident now when he's when he's on the part because again he's talking him. Uh, so it was, and it was a deserved lead at that point. Uh, it really was. It was, it was just bedlam, you know. It was there was 1,400 United fans there I think yesterday, and every one of them deserves that that wee moment that that hail afternoon. It was just so good. So I said it last week, and I wasn't joking. Like my eyes were filling up watching. Watching the scenes after the goals were going in, it's just I don't care what United are doing to me this season. They are, I was knackered at the end of that game, like absolutely knackered. You go, you just get put through the mill watching them these days. And I don't care if it's the same. I think Andrew, our other buddy Andrew, uh, I think he didn't think he made the game. He was watching it online, and he pretty much said the same. Like he's just, you're just wrecked at the end of these games just now. But it's so good, so rewarding when 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 you get the three points, but. Ah, oh, man, what an afternoon. Jim Goodwin said after the game, he reckons no team's working harder than United. Mm. And there's a lot yeah. being said about fitness, the work rate, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Fans for all season have been saying, it's no danger there's fit enough. You know, no. X, Y and Z struggling at this point. Other boys are struggling at this point. And I think one of the things I've noticed the last couple of games is Ian Hark's to the eye, Candy, but is probably one of the fittest players in the team. You would say that mm-hmm. watching one game, right? Up and doing, up and doing. What what he has to do covers loads of ground. And even you've I've watched him in a couple of games stretching off a wee bit. I've never seen that before. Whereas now, 
maybe before he's been, this is all right for me. This is like a normal mm-hmm. bleep test for me. And now that the work that's going in, given yeah. that Goodwin's coming and said, we've not, been, we've not been fit or whatever, and we need to get fitter, we need to get better in possession, we need to do this, and tick, tick, tick. We, yes, we agree. Mm-hmm. But seeing things like that, and I'm thinking, if boys like that are now working at a level, it can only benefit every single player being like that. You know, it was just yeah. one of these that I've noticed, given that I know he's been injured as well, Harks, but he's a man that, that is, again, splits opinion, but he puts a power of work off the ball and you're thinking, if he's maybe suffering, maybe it is showing what, what we're getting from it. Suffering's maybe yeah. not the right word, but you know what I mean? But he's got a good point, Jim Goodwin, because I mean, you don't have that kind of form if you're not working for it. No, no, and and... The fact that the manager's coming out and he's saying, like, uh, uh, you'd be hard pushed to find teams that are working harder than us. Like, that might just be psychology. He might just be putting that out there so that the players read it and they think, "All oh, right, he cans it. We're, we're not going to pan." And he's he's appreciating the efforts that he's getting out of us. I mean, it could be that. It could be a fact. <laughs> it's it's very hard to know. It could be a fact. But but what we know as fans, having watched all the games this season, they're definitely putting more effort in. They're definitely fair. Like I kind of, I kind of pull up like a, a sheet of stats saying, "Oh well, look, he only run this far that time, and then he's running, he's running like two kilometers again further these days." But just the eyeball test tells you that these boys are when we go go when we when we lose a goal when we go goal down. There's like we were scared of that in the past. We we were absolutely horrified. We adversity like we just couldn't handle it. We we lost the goal. We lost the game. Usually. But I, I, I'm not feeling that just now. Like one and a half time yesterday, I'm sitting thinking, we're still in this. Like there's something here for us, and something could be three points rather than just a draw. There's definitely there's a massive change, massive change in attitude, uh, mindset, desire, and and another thing that that maybe goes unnoticed is like Jim Goodwin. We've got quite a few injuries as well. Like, like he doesn't. He's he's not got a full squad to pick for you know he's we're doing a maybe not quite the bare bones but Bahir territory Awafi the bare bones just say a look at the bench every week uh, so the the job that, that he's done since coming in again he's, he's always deflecting he's saying look you've got to thank the players ah no the players do deserve credit because they are the ends knocking their pan in but he's the guy that has managed to get them to knock their pan in because the previous boy couldn't get that happen. it just wasn't happening for whatever reason where are you now on the Jim Goodwin appreciation train? Well, I'm happy that he's our manager. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we like managers called called Jim. Didn't turn a dice way with Jim McLean, Jim Goodwin. You could be cheeky. You could throw Jim McIntyre into there. <laughs> uh, but but he's he's came in, Ron, and uh, like I, I I retweeted what I what I tweeted six weeks ago last night just to poke fun at myself. I, I don't mind doing that, making myself look like a neep, because uh, it's very easy to do. And like uh, as I said at the start of the, this episode, like my opinion on him has has changed massively in, in the six weeks that he's uh, that he's been in the door, because the evidence is there for all to see. We have improved. Uh, everything about us has improved, right down to league position. And okay, that only improved yesterday, and it's only we're only up by a point, and on goal difference where we are. But like, if the season finishes the day, we're safe. So there's been an improvement across the board. The players, the players look together. 
the players look as one. They're, they all want it as much as me and you want it. The, the three points on a Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I, I was always behind them anyway. Any United manager that gets it. Like if, if I criticise them, that's because, in my opinion, they're, they're there to be criticised. But I can't criticise anything that he's, that he's done so far. The, the, the only... Like the the games that he's had in charge, Livingston first half was piss poor. Like that that was the worst half that we have had under him. But even in that game, like he managed to do something at half time to turn it around, and we got a point out of that game. Oh, he like done, he we, done it before that. Well, of course he yeah yeah he took a sheep yeah because he was in a howler again that that day. But uh, yeah, I, I'm he's I think I think majority of fans are behind him. Like the forearm smashes to Stuart Armstrong's jaw and the elbow and Aidan Connolly's bus is almost forgotten. Never be forgiven, but almost, almost forgotten. Mm. Uh, so yeah, like I, it's yeah, I don't can. I'd be amazed if there's United fans out there that just that still don't like him or or don't think that he he probably deserves a contract at the end of this wee twelve game trial run that he's essentially uh, in the middle of. Is the short-term fix now the long-term solution? It might be. It might be. I mean, I I think I think I'd be quite comfortable if uh, <laughs> I was going to say if we go down, like I, I, that, nothing about that makes me comfortable, but I, I could see it enough from what he has already given to the team and what he has brought to to the players' level of performance alone, uh, that I think it would probably be worth sticking with him. Mm-hmm. Regardless, mm-hmm. don't be dishing out like four-year contracts because we know football can change and whatever. But like, we're, we're the kings are handing out two-year deals. So if it was something like that, I, I don't think many people would be against it. Mm-hmm. And if he keeps it up, well, throw in the freedom of the say. The big thing is as well, like, Snow has squat at all. No. No, he's inherited two managers, three managers. You want to argue that squad to work yeah. with, and like you're saying, like we're saying, he has got a tune at them. You know, yeah. two wins, two draws, two defeats, in a six-game spell. You know, it's eight point two eighteen. Right, it's no ground. It's not going to win your leagues, but the, two defeats, Rangers Aberdeen. and Aberdeen, second and third mm-hmm. in the league. The other forum team that we've played, Motherwell, just beat them. Yeah. At Motherwell, hmm. he's 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 doing what was required. The next thing for him, because he's what I do like about him, he's he always says, you know, we need to, you know we, we need to get better in possession. We need to we can do all these things better. I think one thing we certainly need to do, and it might just be an idea. Now, Paul, correct me if you didn't think this will catch on, but we need to stop conceding goals because we've no had a shot out since the St Johnston game at the turn of the year but maybe yeah. it's the United way it just sparks us into life I don't know but that that's the next thing that if we could just get that again it builds confidence in the goalie the defenders and whatever else it's been great that we've won games with that but you just think that I, mean, I know we need a cutting edge up front we've said that but now we've got you know Jamie McGrath 12 yards out in the bar but Niskanen's got a goal he's only scored two but again could be massively important I will tell you right uh and I'm going a wee bit off track here. Just go have mentioned this guy. So our pal Andrew actually said this week he will he will be the guy that will keep us up. Like scores the winner in the last game or whatever. 
And then yesterday, as soon as the goal went in, he's right on going with a winky face emoji. And I just thought, ah, you arsehole. Uh, <laughs> How did Martin take that information? He was 12 cards deep. left then. the group chat. Uh, he's done. Uh, but but that, that, again, is is the only thing that I just think when you look and we're still conceding, it might just be one goal, but that would be massive as well, Ken, going into... I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to a dogfight. Regardless of what position yeah. we're in yeah. after the game next week, you know, for how many points here, there, everywhere, behind, in front, whatever, we are in a dogfight. And you can keep yeah. using the cup final analogy if you like. But it's massive. But that that would be the next thing. Now we're get we're getting there, but just we're still conceding as in we've not a shot since then. So yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, there's there's still like as I say, we are tenth place. Of course, we're like we're we're not thrilled because we're tenth, but because of where we have come from, we are delighted to be tenth just now. But there's still there's still a long way to go. Like Stephen Fletcher, I would just put him in bubble wrap at the end of every game, put him on a shelf for a week with some food, some water, just stay there, take it easy, because we we can't afford to lose Fletcher up front. We didn't hear what a place is Fletcher. Like the squad is kind of almost doing to the bare bones. I don't think that you can afford to lose your only striker. He gives you so much. He gives you so much. He's been He's been brilliant the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, yeah. So there's still there's still a long way to go, Rondo. Like we're happy the day, we're delighted the day, but it's it is still squeaky bum territory. Man of the match. Well, it's it's a it's a weird thing because I was just thinking that you were going to ask us that, and we've not even mentioned his name. I would give it to Craig Sibbald and we didn't even mention him when we were speaking about the game. But yep. he was just he just always seemed to be there. Just always seem to be there. He's always looking for the ball. He's the 2023 version of John Rankin for me. Uh, just a steady Eddie. Uh, St- but again, Stephen Fletcher was brilliant. I thought led the line superb. Uh, I, he made it difficult for the, the three boys at the back for Motherwell in the, the booch. And uh, he was class. But yeah, I just thought Sybil was probably our, our best player on the day. How did you see it? Uh, there was a lot of. I thought there was a lot. There was some really good performances yesterday. I thought Fletcher did, does his work. Sibbled went about mm-hmm. it. I thought Ian Harks was good yesterday. I mm-hmm. thought Bergitti was good yesterday. Definitely. Um, I thought Niskan and that come and go like Niskan wasn't great in the first half. And I think the only reason Bietz fell out of the game at times is just because the ball never went to the left hand side. You yeah. know, I think we take. I think. I think because when you get players like a Beach that put in consistently good performances, yeah. you almost take it for granted. Yeah. You know, if he, if he's maybe like a seven out of ten, you're like, ah, he wasn't very good. But he still had. I mean, he, he still had. He was still involved in the game and stuff. Yes. Like that, I'm yeah, he, yeah. He was. He was good. He's maybe he set good. his standard that high. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a bit. You know, he was not as much yeah. as last week or whatever. But yeah, I thought that, that was good performances across across the team yesterday. But Craig Sibbald gets the uh, vote for. This week, uh, we are into the good, bad and the ugly for yesterday's game. Well, we've probably spoke about Mr. East things anyway, but the good this week was the fight in the team, the level of performance, the never-say-die attitude of the players, the bravery of the manager, all attributes that were nowhere to be seen just a matter of weeks ago at Tanadice are now there in abundance. The bad 
Stephen Pletcher getting booked when he should have been awarded a penalty and Motherwell's goal standing when it was offside. And ugly. Well, I was in such a good mood when I was typing this rondo. I was going to say there's no ugly this week, but I've slept on it and I changed my mind. VAR official slash referee Colin Stephen is simply incompetent. If he doesn't think that a guy blocking a defender for getting to the bar is interfering with play, then I reckon he needs to look for an hour Saturday job as he clearly doesn't care what he's doing in his present role. <laughs> Complete twit. Take that and read our call of this week on the BBC website to see what's been left out this week of Paul's rants because they also had it in mind for last week, but we'll not get into that. Uh, Livingston up next then, Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, they won 2-0 against the now, well, I'd say managerless, they're not, Steve, Mc, uh, Steve McLean. That's not his name, is it? Yes. Yes, yes. He's yes. in uh, he's in charge for the end of the season, but Livingston won that game 2 0. So a little bit on uh, sports scene yesterday. Apart from the obvious being that pitch is an abs- is diabolical, the two goals are so easy for Livingston. Well, the like, end of them was a free kick, was it? Mm, it's a great, yeah, it was a peach. Yeah, yeah. That, but again, that, a that, that that's a team in free fall. A team in absolute free fall they've beaten. And Livingston, they get to keep their uh, top six dream alive. Yeah. But and they've but they've been they've had a bit of a bumpy spell as well. Um, yeah, that was their first first decent uh result for a few weeks. But uh, it just means that next week they've got something to play for as well. So they, they shouldn't have just come in to Tanadice and camp on the edge of their box. Like that they'll be looking to win the game as well. So does that give us more opportunities going forward? Hope so. Uh, but it's Livingston, is it? It's going to be a stuffy game. We know this. They're probably better than a lot of people, myself included, give them credit for it, what they do. Uh, but we're but we're playing very well. Like it's It means a lot to us. Like we, Our players have showed, as, and again, I keep saying the same line, we've touched on it earlier, but at 12 o'clock last Sunday, we were bottom of the league five points adrift. There's n- there's no much more pressure that we could have put on the players' shoulders. To now, seven days later, they've won both their games. They've played pretty well in both their games. They've knocked their pan in in both their games, and we're sitting in tenth. So, if we can carry that form forward, then I th- I th- I'm looking to and, and I think that we'll be all right next week. What I what I generally do find amazing about the, this season being, you know, we we mentioned roller coaster and I feel all, but it generally is it's it's, it's unbelievable. Like cast your mind back to uh, sort of September time, but obviously being pumped out of Europe, had been battered for Celtic. Jack Ross had left. Liam Fox had came in. We'd picked up a win in the cup away to Livingston. We were shitey against well Motherwell away was we saved a penalty and you thought we've got a point in the road it's no bad we then go beat for the Rangers and then we went this is massive like this this next spell we're in next 10 days is massive three home games Johnston Aberdeen Hibs we need to be beating St Johnston give ourselves a chance we'll get beat obviously but then we went and beat Aberdeen 4-0 we then beat Hibs 1-0 and again we go in this slump again and we went up again. Uh, we'd be, you know, around, because we said it, we would come back for the World Cup. We thought, we're doing all right here. Like we were unlucky yeah. in a couple of games. Uh, we're, at Hearts, we should have won until the, the, the weight of Shanklin's forehead brought him to the ground. Uh, we barely apart on the back. You know, that sort of false hope that we got. But then since the turn of this year, as obviously um, we beat St Johnstown, we then get beat for the Rangers. We drew with Hibs again. Our game, we should have won. We then beat the students, but then. Well, we should have beat them. And then that run of seven 
defeats, including the cup. You know, we were we were getting to points where staying like you. How many times have you said we're done? Like because it's, yep. when you look at the table and like you say you're five points, seven points, million a goal behind. You look at the table right now, and I'll take it right now. The Kelly game's still on; it's four-one at the minute. But you know, to be what you just said that far behind, twenty-eight points minus twenty-four goal difference. But Kelly twenty-eight minus thirty-one. It's like another goal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like a and point, we lost. Brother. And we lost the game nine-nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's also how bad that their defense has been. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like we've we've. We've given ourselves a great chance. Like some, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, would you tackle going into the split still the same position, which was two points behind? And I said no because, like, there were still games to play. You just never know. But uh, but we 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 just it's it's in our hands. And again, that we've had false dawns this season already, as you said, with the Aberdeen and then the Hibs game. We've had two back to back wins, and we've just had that here. You, but there just seems to be a wee bit more. There's a wee bit more about this this. <laughs> this same group of players, <laughs> yeah. uh, if that makes any sense, uh, and I just, I'm just hoping that the tails are up. Abdi's happy. Abdi's at it. Got to be because they've come well, They've got to be, yeah, of course. And I hope that there's a. I don't know if the club can do anything about prices for admission to the game, but it would be great to f- have more, more United fans at the game, you know, yeah. because the away fans till the end of the season are going to be out in numbers. Like that is, like, that is a given. If we could try and get some more home fans in as well to help to get right behind the yeah, team, because I think, yesterday I think you're that right. helped post split. If they could do anything like that, I mean, say the split happens now, right? Ross County, Kilmarnock, us, St Johnston, Motherwell, Livingston. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't fear MD, and rightfully so. But three of them at home, if two of them, you're able to do something. Certainly, at least one. But I mean, imagine that yeah. if you could open yeah. the shed for a feather, you know, of course, just of course. Just give me, and, listen, and, uh, you'd find me a season deck holder that would moan about that. I've paid for my ticket. You wouldn't No right now. We, we we want to stay up. And if having more fans at the game, making more of an atmosphere helps us stay up, then... Keep your drum uh, at him. Do, do whatever you want with your drum. If, if the drum helps keep us up, bring a, a hell band with you. I don't care. Just we hate, a, we hate to do whatever we can to help ourselves stay up. Give every player a drum. They've got to play with the drum. <laughs> And the bar. <laughs> Stack them in our goal. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, you know, if that's a split right now and the points are as they are, just for argument's sake, 42 at Livingston, 36 Motherwell, 32 St. Johnson, 28 for us in Kelly, 27 Ross County. You have to play the teams. What's your crystal ball saying? That I think would will be all right. <laughs> But I hate when you ask me that because I change my mind the next week. <laughs> I, I, I can't cope this season. It's just been it's been so so difficult, like just to keep a cool, calm, level head about the situation because it has been all over the place. So, but, but what I'm seeing for Jim Goodwin's United side is all positive. So that's that's our games, right? We're getting three of them. Mm-hmm. Ahead. You must go to two away grounds. Where are you going? Dingwall. And Perth. Oh, so Motherwell and the two shitey pitches at him. Yes. Just because they're shitey. Have we only had Livingston at him once? Must have, eh? Uh, we played Livingston at home just after we beat Alkmaar and we got about 1 0. And then and next nobody really two, cared. Nah, we'll be going there, eh? We'll look at them at him Probably. three times. 
but that just means that we're we're gonna because I think we'll end up back at Kelly. And I don't know, I'm I'm no basing that on any inside info. It's just it will not surprise me if we are sent back to that pitch for about this eighteenth time this season. So that's that's we've been there twice in the league though. Uh, and the cup, but I think we'll head back. Nah, I, honestly, I do. Think so. I'm, I'm near. I would put money on it, on but I just think they'll do us up like a cover. Yeah, that would be pretty shite to be fair. Uh, the fixtures would, next but week. Get... But we'll talk a big travelling support down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if if boys, if we put in a level of performance like we have done, I fancy our chances. Tell you that right now. Yeah, the first. Uh, the fixtures next weekend. Hearts play Ross County, 12.30. Settler play Motherwell. Uh, St Johnston play Hibs. St Myrne play Kilmarnock. And then it's Sunday 4.30 for Aberdeen against Rangers. It's then the split. There is a free weekend because somehow uh, we got pumped out of the cup. So it's the Scottish Cup um, semi-finals that weekend. And that is also the Saturday of the open training session. That's that Saturday morning, I think it is, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for that, and then we'll be back after that with the fixtures. The way the games work, uh, there's games each weekend until the last day of the, uh, the last week of the season. There's games midweek on the Tuesday, Wednesday, which is the 23rd and 24th of May. The final mm-hmm. games being the weekend of the 27th and 28th. And for the last two seasons, I'm told, the bottom six have played on the Sunday at 12 o'clock kickoffs is what about what's happened. Well, that'll be a bollock for the, the podcast. But uh, And here, to further further my conspiracy theory that the <laughs> the Glasgow Football Association will send us back to Kelly, I'll bet they give it midweek as well. <laughs> no, I think they'll give it all midweek. Well, either way, well, they'll shaft with somehow. Mm-hmm. However way they can, that'll happen. Yeah, so that's it. Um, Livingston next week. Uh, we touched on it earlier. Uh, Kai Fotheringham did sign the new two-year contract, as we mentioned, rumoured last week that it would happen. Um, again, I think it's a good move. I think he's shown that he's come in because, as you said, Paul, each and every week he was he was doing well on his loan spell. Uh, when he was away, he's come back, he's took a chance. Yes, he dropped out of the team yesterday, but we've already said it was probably the most likely change and I think he's got a future I think he's he shows enough he's keen he's, he's good with the ball he's clearly got a talent um, yep. he could do with a, a Johnny Russell wait routine over the summer uh, might happen he's still a young lad exactly 100% yep. um, but yeah so it shows what the good loan spells can do because we love them on this podcast and uh, there can be you know, there'll still be another few weeks left of the, the loan report of course uh, but one of them is now a league winner, isn't he? Yep, yep, he is. And we will get to that. But we'll start in uh, the top flight with Tony Watt at St Mern. So Tony Watt would start St Mern's trip to Mordor on Saturday. And whilst he was on the park, the Saints were holding their own against the Scottish Football Authority's favourite team, the Rangers. In his 62 minutes on the park, it was 2 all. When he went off, and in particular the last 10 minutes of the match, his team would collapse and end up losing 5-2. Declan Glass at Cove Rangers. Once again, Paul Hartley has decided that a team that is in free fall should leave a young playmaker on the bench for the visit of Inverschnick. Once again, Cove would lose. 
This time it was 2-1 to the Highland Chukters and Deco got on in injury time at the end of the game. Hartley out. Chris Mockery at Dunfermline. On an historic day for the Pars, Chris was sat on the bench again. It would be the day that his side finally wrapped up the title and Chris would contribute to the last 35 minutes of Saturday's 5-0 win against Queen of the South. There are still three games left to play for the Fifers, but other than the last few weeks, whereby he has dropped to the bench, it has been one of the few success stories for the Lone Lads this season, as Chris has seen plenty of action and will now return to Tannadice this summer with a league winner's medal. Leighton Bisland at Peterhead. Leighton would start his sides match on Saturday as he travelled to the Sean Dillon Arena to face Montrose. He'd almost played a full match, only being subbed off in 89 minutes, but his side would lose 2-1 on the day. Adam Hutchison and Finn Robson at Forfar. There would again be near Adam Hutchison in the Forfar squad this past Saturday, pretty much confirming that he's picked up an injury, but Finn would play the full 90 minutes. It wasn't to be the best of days for the lad, however, as Forfar and Finn arguably put in their poorest performance of the season and Elgin would notch up a 2-0 win on the day. Flynn Duffy at Stirling Albion. For the second game in a row, Flynn was an unused sub as his side travelled to Stenhouse Muir and won 1-0. Rory Adams at Gala Ferradine Rovers. It was an away day to Dumfries to play Dalbeaty Star on Saturday for Big Rory. Although Star are firmly rooted to the foot of the table, a recent surprise draw against Celtic B meant Gala were determined not to underestimate their opponents. As a result, Gala were quick off the mark and took the lead after just five minutes from a Star-owned goal. Although Gala tried to increase their lead, the Star defence stood firm. Ruri again spent most of the half moving the ball around the pitch and wasn't called into action until just before half-time when he had to parry a deflected free kick away from the goal. Half-time, 1-0 Gala. Gala started the second half brightly and doubled the lead after 47 minutes. Starr got more physical as the half progressed and gave away a flurry of fouls and picked up a number of yellow cards. This created more opportunities for Gala, who added two more goals. With Starr determined to get on the score sheet, Ruri took a sore one whilst collecting a high cross from a star forward, leaving one on the big lad when he had no chance of getting the ball. It was looking good for a clean sheet until the 87th minute when a Gala defender was dispossessed on the edge of his own box and the Dalbiti striker slotted the ball in low to the left. Ruri being a typical goalie, he'd have been massively frustrated with that, but it was still a good away win. Jacob Comerford at Cumbernauld Colts. Jacob was back in the starting lineup for the Cumbernauld Colts trip down to face Gretna 2008 on Saturday and would play for the full 90 minutes as his side kept a clean sheet and won the match 3-0. Logan Chalmers at Tranmere Rovers. Last Monday, Tranmere were at home to Swindon Town. Tranmere's manager actually remembered that they had a player by the name of Logan Chalmers on loan and chose to start him in the match. Logan would play for 71 minutes and helped his side into a 1-0 lead before he was replaced by a teammate called Florin Hottie. Tranmere would win that match 1-0. This past Saturday, Logan would travel down to Crawley for his side's match and kept his side kept his place in the side. He'd get 66 minutes of the match, but his side would lose 2-1. Carl Johan Eriksson at Norshaland. Last Monday, Norshaland were back in league action against Bay and Eriksson was back on the bench. This coming Monday, his side will be back in league action against Randers, and I'm going to assume he'll still be the backup keeper. 
the academy team. Last Tuesday, the academy lads took on Aberdeen at Gussie and it was a beezer of a match. Aberdeen took the lead and then United pulled level. Just before half-time, the baby sheep then got their snouts back in front and were going to the break 2-1 up. Passes. However, the second half was a different matter. United came out swinging and took the game to the Dons and would get their just rewards. They'd have the better of the half, pinning Aberdeen back and forcing them to defend far more than they would have liked to. Stuart Heenan would notch a double. The ref would send off a United player for kicking an opponent in the face, which he didn't, and I managed to get myself into an argument with any of the players for Aberdeen. All in all, it was a cracking match, and United ran out 3-2 winners. The women's team. The women's team travel to Glasgow this weekend, as we're recording this episode, actually, and they're set to face Glasgow women. They are up against a team that has lost every single league game that they have played this season, and anything less than a victory will likely be seen as a disappointment from the team, and certainly the gaffer, Graham Hart. Good luck to them. I'll give you a late inclusion on the rumour mill, Paul. Uh, apparently, United and Derby County are fighting it out for the signature of Larn striker Lee Bonas. As much as I love United, that's not going to be much of a fight, is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could pay more wages. Who knows? Who knows? Although, I mean, they've went on. I mean, this is in uh, one of the. Uh, Northern Ireland papers but the 23 year old has been a success at his club since being transferred by Portadown for £100,000 in January of last year and apparently both Derby and United are very interested and are in a position to meet the Larns valuation of the player so there you go uh, where, where does that come from? Like, is, why is he even looking to sign we don't have a manager for next season uh, do we hear anybody that's signing players? Do we think what league we're going to be? Who in? said the manager signed the players before? But the boy that allegedly did isn't there. <laughs> He's picking. There is the rumor mill, so <laughs> who knows? It might be a lot of shite. Who knows? Uh, one thing we did, I did miss to mention the other week is that uh, podcast pal and all-around gentleman and United legend Andy Rowland has become an honorary member of the Dundee United Supporters Foundation. Uh, he made um, 440 appearances for United. He's 80 years old now. He's sharp as a tack. He's absolutely hilarious. And he is now the 10th honorary member of the foundation. He's in esteemed company as well, by the way. Finn Dawson, Billy McKinley, Willie Pettigrew, Craig Brewster, Hamish McAlpine, Morris Malpass, John Riley, John Holt, and Paul Hegarty, all uh, the honorary members. Did you see this week Willie Pettigrew selling his medals? Yes. How much have you yes. missed? Just what I could afford. So, uh, Did you accept buttons? A free, a, free ticket, a free, free ticket to the podcast show. So <laughs> I've essentially bid £19.83. <laughs> uh, but he's in uh, he's in fine company there, Mr Roland, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, some, some cracking names that are honorary members there. And uh, the major... Well, anybody that's listening to him probably loves him. Indeed. Uh, if you want to get more details, dusf.scott, uh, you can celebrate our past, ensure our future, uh, and you can pledge right now and get all the details on their website. Right, it's time for this shambles of a feature. After last week's debacle, most people telling us, well, obviously, your clues were shite. Fine, the clearly were. Paul got four points last week. He's now in a two-point lead. How's that happened? We need to speak about this, Rondo. I have 
I have been speaking to listeners. Oh. And they're, and they're disappointed that that we are making it near impossible for each other. Because <laughs> some of them like to play along, okay? <clears throat> and uh, we're, we're ruining it for Abdi, essentially. It's, that, it's the feedback I'm getting. You, you in particular, the other week, were your first two bowfin clues. But in general, we're spoiling it for people. So I've kind of... I've dumbed minds doing a wee bit specifically for you, Rondo, this week. So, <laughs> so there's, there's there's a five pointer up for grabs here, I think. Oh wow, oh, wow! Right, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. You're a liar, but fair enough. No, not at all. I'm rooting for you. Good. Right, we're good. Yeah. We're good to go. Right, clue number one for five points, Rondo. Come on. <laughs> this player's first game for United was against. The team that he had previously played for. Uh, That's a good clue. I think some people, I genuinely, truthfully think some people will get that. Does that say on your t shirt? You'd be as well not turning up. That's a negative attitude, Rondo. Come on, you've turned up. You're here to answer these questions. Got a name. That's good. Ah. Come on. Chris Erskine. No. <laughs> Did play against this club he joined for though. Is that right? Maybe he was part of this and he got booed off, mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was not one of the booers. Uh, clue, clue number two. This player has been sent off whilst playing against United. I mean... I think it's Erskine's mate. That's what I'm going to go for. Because he would have played in that game, and I'm sure. Smith joined in. And there's a good chance he's been sent off, so... That's what I might go for. I might go for that. I'm just going to shoot because I like, I like playing the countdown thing. Paul Payton. Bosh! Paul Payton. I, I, <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to get it on the first then. Like, I just, uh, I just well, remember I'm getting booed off. So He got sent off against us for Falkirk. Oh, there you go. I can't, I, he went head to head with you. I think it was Safranco actually. Yeah. Hmm, I would have to double check. What's your right, other clue? Uh, cl- clue number three. This player gained full international honours whilst at Tanadice, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could have been a dick and said this Scottish-born player. <laughs> but no, no, I'm, I'm trying to dumb it down so people are happy. Uh, clue number four. This player's last game for us was at Dens in a horrific mm-hmm. 2-1 defeat that saw us relegated. Apparently. Mm-hmm. And clue number five, this player has appeared on this podcast and has also played for Falkirk, Dunfermline and Partick Thistle. Paul Payton was episode 87, if you'd uh, 87. Back and listen to that. Uh, very, very good um, episode indeed, but 87, I mean, that's two years ago, pretty much. It's over 100 episodes ago, Rondo. Wow. Absolutely, well, I've still not got that beer firm right enough, but anyway. Um, yes, so, who am I? I'll be back. Dumb down. 
next week. Uh, final bit of business for today on this day in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. 17th of April is our focus today. One game and one birthday to tell you about, Paul. A single game is from 1999. We headed to Petodre to face an Aberdeen team that included Mark Perry, Jim Hamilton and Robbie Winters. Paul Hegarty was in charge of the Mutton Molesters that day. But after Billy Dodds, Harris in front, nine minutes from the break, a whirlwind spell of three goals in as many minutes, buried Aberdeen with Joe Miller, Shell Olofsson and Billy Dodds all find the net. Thereafter, we cruised to our fourth win of the season over the Sheep Shaggers, recording our biggest win of the season. It was 4-0 to the good guys. Peggy, what a man. <laughs> he can't. He knew, he knew. He's playing Mark Perry at centre half. Our uh, birthday then, he marked his 26th appearance for United with his fifth shutout yesterday as our number one Mark Berrigiti turns 32 today. Well, two things. Happy birthday, Mark. And I'm pretty sure if you can see the goal, that's no a shutout, Rondo. Oh, you're right, actually. It definitely is, now. I'll tell you exactly how we've done that. So I was convinced he'd had more shutouts than he had, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, he, it's four shutouts or something. Maybe it's five he's on, whatever. But that's when I got, for that thing I then mentioned earlier on about the shutouts, because it was that long ago. And actually, when you look at our shutouts for the season, I think we might only be on five for the season, but one of them would be Ericsson and the mother would be Ericsson. Motherwell and Hibs. I'll be six then. Be four and two. We're on because he's got four, and I just uh, and again it was coming back to that point that if you kind of shut the door, it's always a problem. Like it's always mm-hmm. always going to be a problem. But I just think with the work that's went in, which we discussed earlier, but if they can get that in there and some, especially going to these next six games, especially in the bottom six and whatever else, then it would be a massive, massive boost. But again. Happy birthday, Mark. I didn't listen to him correcting me. Correct. As we need. Correct. Happy birthday. Right. Check your heart rate, people. Leave all your valuables in a locker. Strap yourself in. The Dundee United roller coaster welcomes Livingston to Tanadice on Saturday. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. Do have a great week. Stay safe. And as always, don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole. Mm-hmm.